It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. It's our happy hour here on the Guy Benson Show on this Thursday. Thank you very much for listening. Every weekday, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. And that final hour, this one, is sponsored by the Finnish Long Drink, which is fantastic, delicious, refreshing, especially when it's ice cold in the hot weather. TheLongDrink.com is their website, TheLongDrink.com. They're expanding big time. You can find out where they are sold near you at thelongdrink.com. Always drink responsibly. 21 plus only. Our website for all ages is guybensonshow.com. The podcast is free of charge every single day, on demand right there. With us now is U.S. Senator Tim Scott, a Republican from South Carolina, author of a forthcoming book, America, a Redemption Story, available August the 9th. We'll have to have him back to talk about that. Senator, great to have you here. Thank you, Guy, and thank you for being a person who focuses on truth and common sense. We need more of that in our lives. Oh, I love that. We should, like, clip that and put that in a promo or something. <laughs> thank you very much, Senator. I want to open with the number one issue facing South Carolinians, facing Americans in every state, and that is inflation. We saw another number today on the wholesale side, a huge inflationary spike over double digits, 11.3% on that statistic, worse than expectations. That's on the heels of yesterday's terrible number on overall CPI, 9.1%. We're seeing some of the excuse-making from the Biden White House saying, oh, the numbers are out of date, even though they are brand new, and they don't include the decrease in gas prices that's been happening by, you know, 40 cents or whatever in recent weeks. What is your reaction to the top-line inflation numbers that we're seeing? What are you hearing from your constituents and what do you make of the spin coming out of the West Wing? Well, Guy, when I go back to my community and look at the places where I grew up, and I think to myself that tax is an invisible, uh, tax is an invisible manifestation of the challenges that we see in this world. Let me say what I let me say what I mean by what I just said. Tax, something we don't really see, so it's invisible, yet it manifests in this world in a real way. Inflation is a tax, a regressive tax on the poorest Americans working paycheck to paycheck. So when you hear the kind of lunacy coming out of the White House as it relates to the inflationary effects in our economy, you have to stop and ask yourself, are they paying attention to people working paycheck to paycheck? At home in South Carolina, the average person in my state is being hit so hard by inflation that they can't remember a time like this in our lifetimes. This is as bad, if not worse, in some ways, than the Carter administration as it relates to the reduction in our spending power as they continue to talk about pouring more money or more fuel on the fire. Their excesses cannot be excused away by their rhetoric. Literally, what we see with our eyes is exactly the opposite of what we're hearing with our ears from this administration. Well, and one thing that concerns me on that score, and I mentioned it this morning on TV, 
when you look back almost exactly one year ago, and we played the clip on this show yesterday, last year in July, President Biden did this big, long, hour-long session with Don Lemon over on CNN, and he said he doesn't know anybody at the time. I know nobody who's concerned or worried about inflation, including, he said, Larry Summers, which wasn't true. Larry Summers, the former Treasury Secretary, had been explicitly warning about inflation and spending for months by that point, even back then. But Biden, the president, at the time, one year ago, said he doesn't know anyone worried about inflation. My worry now, Senator, is the same people who were warning a year ago plus about inflation today are warning about recession. And the people who were downplaying the threat of inflation are playing catch up and downplaying the threat of recession. I think if we look at who has credibility and who and who does not, we're staring down the barrel of a recession on the other end of whenever this inflation finally comes to a stop. There's no doubt. There are two things we should know about what you just said. Number one, the Biden bubble is real. If in July of last year he didn't know anyone who had been negatively impacted by inflation, I'm not sure where he's living, but it's not where 98% of Americans are living, number one. Number two, I think I've told this story a few times that sitting in a restaurant called Longhorns, talking to a waitress who literally put $92 into her tank, taking eight hours of her life to earn enough money to pay for the gas, it is real, and it's being felt by everyday South Carolinians throughout the state and everyday Americans throughout the nation. The disconnect of this administration to everyday people who are the backbone of this country it, it, just, it just brings up the misery index in a negative way. Uh, things have not been worse in four decades as it relates to inflation. And frankly, when you tack that on top of crime, you're asking yourself, when are things going to get better? And when will this administration focus on people working paycheck to paycheck? They're not doing it. They have no clue. And they're lost in a rainstorm. I don't understand it. You mentioned that example of that waitress, and I can relate just a little bit because I filled up my tank of gas today. I was driving this morning, and I had to stop, and I stood there pumping my gas, watching the numbers click up and up and up, and they kept going. And at a certain point, Senator, I will confess, I started muttering under my breath words that I cannot say here on the radio with you because it felt like it was never going to stop, and it eventually did it $87 for that tank of gas I have some disposable income. I don't have kids. I can absorb that. A lot of people cannot. And you keep hearing now from the White House, oh, it's down. It's down a little bit. It's still 460, 470 a gallon in a lot of places. It was well over $5 a gallon that I paid here. Doesn't matter what the average is. That's what it is in this neck of the woods, more than five bucks a gallon. And what you have in response to that now is President Biden on his way over to Saudi Arabia. And I just want to get your thoughts on that, because I think it's a pretty amazing spectacle to see a president who showed up on day one and started signaling through policy, not just rhetoric, his hostility to U.S. energy and drilling for oil here and natural gas here and sort of going along with the green agenda. Here he is, not that far removed from all of that, going hat in hand to a country that he called a pariah Because of the Khashoggi killing, I saw a report today that he said he's not sure he will even bring that up 
with the Saudis, the pariah stuff, because he's so desperate on the gas front. And I think a lot of Americans say, what are you doing? Why are we going to other countries with more despotic and authoritarian forms of government asking them to pump more oil for us when we can be doing a lot more of that here at home, except people like Joe Biden won't let it happen? True. So true, Guy. Here's the truth. Why would we fund other people's vision of their future and not fund our vision of our future? The average American deserves resources and jobs, six-figure jobs in the energy industry if we could get this administration to say yes to drilling and excavating energy here at home. You mentioned a little earlier Larry Summers, always known with, uh, or at least synonymous with the Democrat Party. Here's what he says about where we are. This was predictable. This is not something that just came out of the blue. This is obvious. When you pour fuel on the fire, it gets worse. And in order to tame this fire, we're talking about maybe a hundred basis point increase in order to slow down the inflation, which only increases the chance for a recession. What could help us retard this likely recession? Creating jobs at home. Where will we create those jobs? In the energy sector. What kind of jobs do we create? Jobs that are three times the median average of income, around 35000 You get a six-figure job a six-figure income job in an industry with a long, bright future called the energy industry of America that could help us in Europe as well as here at home. You talk about diffusing the Russia-Ukraine situation. Let's get more energy from America to Europe. Let's have a conversation not about lowering the gas prices at a gas station. Let's have a holistic conversation about how we produce energy at home and what that means at the gas price, at the gas pump. Well, and they don't want to. I mean, the progressive vision is to put these companies out of business, and they say it openly, but then they demand that they do things right now. Like, we're going to put you out of business in a few years, but right now – Cut your prices because people are hurting. It's totally incoherent. I think a lot of people are viscerally upset about it. They understand that the excuses don't wash. And here we have, again, this image of the president going to Saudi Arabia, perhaps even not touching human rights issues because of the desperate straits that we are in, in no small part because of the policies being pursued and not pursued by this administration. And I have to ask you, Senator, because you've, On a few occasions here, you've mentioned this imagery of pouring fuel on the fire. Well, it seems like Senate and congressional Democrats are running toward the blaze right now with another can of gasoline. Very expensive gasoline, obviously. Everything is these days. And I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the fact that it is being openly discussed, and they're apparently reportedly close to a deal to spend more money and raise taxes on small businesses. We've got a recession likely coming, 80% projection, according to some of the experts. Larry Summers, to quote him again, says he thinks it's almost inevitable. Again, he was right on inflation. Biden and team were wrong. So I think it's worth paying attention. If there's a recession on the way, and you've got these small businesses already having gone through COVID, getting hammered, many of them having to close at least for a period of time, Now everything costs a lot more. The cost of doing business is brutal. It's really hard to keep employees. 
And now Washington Democrats, led by your colleagues in the Senate, want to raise taxes on S-Corps or pass-through corporations, which employ tens of millions of Americans. It honestly feels like legislative arson and political malpractice, and yet this is what they are openly debating right now. Can you explain this to me? Guy, it's, 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 it's unexplainable, to be honest with you, but what you said is the one-two punch. Number one, the BBB, the Build Back Broker Plan, will increase inflation, lower jobs, lower profits, because higher taxes is synonymous with lower profits, and with fewer profits, you can hire fewer people. You put that with the number two, Biden hat in hand in the Middle East, saying no to energy excavation at home and begging, groveling for energy uh, increases in the Middle East, that one-two punch is hard to recover from in the current economy. And you could not have said it better when you think about the fact that if you increase the cost on small businesses, higher taxes, you are reducing profits, but you're also making it more difficult for the small business owner to hire more people and invest in more equipment to have a better future long term. Senator Scott, last question, different topic. I just want to get your perspective and your thoughts on a lot of the Democrats in Washington, D.C., basically justifying or excusing or ignoring threats and intimidation and harassment of, among other people, Supreme Court justices at their homes. We saw an assassination plot, an incident recently at a restaurant. You couple that with the Speaker of the House pointedly refusing to condemn a terrorism campaign against pro-life pregnancy centers just to support women in their decision not to have abortions. They're getting firebombed across the country. Speaker Pelosi was asked about it to condemn it. She wouldn't do it. And some of your colleagues in the Senate, including Senator Warren from Massachusetts, is saying that those resources, those organizations should be shut down around the country, which is an outrageous thing to say, even if they weren't in the middle of being targeted by terrorists right now. Uh, Your response to what you're seeing in terms of the climate of our politics right now, especially around a charged issue like this one? Well, once again, we see the failure of the so-called great uniter. The Biden administration and the Democrats have said that they were the party of unifying this country. They have done exactly the opposite. I can't think of anything more unconscionable than to condone violence against anyone and to suggest uh, through your inaction that it will continue is terrible, number one. Number two, to see that focused on our Supreme Court justices because they are willing to, to vote the Constitution is unbelievable. Remember the comments of Ruth Bader Ginsburg when she said that Roe v. Wade, from a constitutional perspective, is on very shallow ground, very shallow water. So there's no doubt that the challenge that we're seeing today is one driven by the Constitution, not by someone's own personal objectives. The majority of Americans are exhausted. They are exhausted from this conflict-driven 
toxic environment that is so corrosive that it is eroding confidence the average person has not only in our economy but in ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can restore that by being the party of unity, by the party of common sense. And that's one of the reasons why I started the show off, Guy, by thanking you for being the person who continues to talk about truth and common sense with a large audience. God bless your efforts there because we need to have a revival of sorts, of revival about truth and common sense the American way. I really appreciate that, and I do think that we need more happy, sunny warriors, and one of the happiest, sunniest, and still principled warriors in Washington, D.C. is U.S. Senator Tim Scott, Republican of South Carolina. Senator, always a privilege. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Look forward to being back with you again. You bet. And we'll take a quick break. Come right back on The Guy Benson Show. That was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.